Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashah. And Mashah grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? Scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahaya, Ashar, Ahaya. Meaning, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, Moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father, who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light, who would not have his people to walk in darkness, for I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages, 
and applied them to the four Hebrew letters, yod hey wah hey and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia, and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to field Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth and lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name, of your poor forever. Please have your, uh, you know, your ink pen and your paper ready, or your notes from the previous teaching. Uh, we're going to go over those briefly, and then we will go ahead and continue on with our teaching. For those of you who are wondering what today is, hallelujah, Rosh Hashanah, we are now coming into the new year, hallelujah. So uh, for those of you who was wondering, uh, we have come into the new year. And we're going to have the first day of the first month um, happening later on today at Eve. 
So we will enter into our first day of the new year. So I know that you are very, very excited about that. When the sun crosses the uh, particular equator um, to enter into the spring, um, what they call it, the spring um, equinox, then that is when the particular new year will start. So uh, we are now in it. Um, it happened in Jerusalem um, earlier today, just uh, I believe about, I want to say, in Shavuot or Exodus chapter 12, um, start keeping count of the, uh, you know, coming into the first month so that you can bring your lamb in on the 10th day and treat like it was one of your own. And then between the evenings, it's not on the evening or in the evening. It is between the evenings um, of the 13th day you were, or the 14th day, please forgive me, on the 14th day between the evenings, you was to kill the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost of your home. And then on the 15th day was the first day of unleavened bread, which we call the Chag um, Hot Masat, Hot Masat. Okay, so uh, that's what we read in Shavuot or Exodus chapter 12. And if you was to understand that correctly, you understand why Yahushua did what he did when he came into Jerusalem on the 10th day of that first month and how he was crucified as the Passover lamb. He died exactly when he was supposed to between the evenings on the Peshach. Now, we all know three days and three nights later, he uh, arose, and, you know, you know, after he was buried, he arose, and he spent 40 days with the uh, Tahalim, with the disciples, and then he went to sit at the right hand of the Father while they become emissaries of the good news. Hallelujah. So uh, we'll, we'll go over all of that in the upcoming days. I'm very excited about that. And then we will phase out, talk, teach, and to our radio. Going into uh, video streaming. Hallelujah. So that way you'll be able to see the show instead of just hear it. Now you'll be able to see uh, the show uh, as I teach it from the desk, and you'll be able to see uh, particular illustrations. I might be writing on a, um, you know, on a particular blackboard, or et cetera, et cetera. So not only will you be able to hear the teaching, but you will be able to see it as well. Hallelujah! So it's been a long time coming. Um, I have put it under, you know, you know, I've just been keeping it under wraps for such a long time until the moment has come when Yahuwah instructs me to do it, and now it is at that time. Our first congregational service uh, as Kingdom Harvest of Charlotte, North Carolina, will be on Friday. Uh, I believe it is April the 3rd, 2020, according to the Gregorian calendar. Uh, we will be breaking bread and also be speaking about the Peshach. On Saturday, April the 4th, 
at 10 o'clock a.m. Um, it has been confirmed that I will be speaking at the Liberty Shabbat Congregation or the Liberty Community Shabbat um, Assembly. It is going to be in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Okay, so for more information, please email me and I'll give you the details. So if you are in the North or South Carolina area, to open our doors and our arms out to you so we can embrace you with the Ahab or with the love of Yahweh. Then on Saturday evening at 3 o'clock, I will be doing a teaching back at the Kingdom Harvest of Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and the same with Sunday at 12 noon. As I stated before, for more information, you can always email us. There are two email addresses that you can choose from. Uh, number one, you can email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com. That's talkteachtestify at gmail.com. Or you can email the administration of the Kingdom Harvest. That email address is kingdomharvestcongregation at gmail.com. So you can email us at kingdomharvestcongregation at gmail.com. Or you can email us at talkteachtestify at gmail.com. All right. Once again, uh, I'd like to wish everybody Rosh Hashanah. Hallelujah. All right. So we are now coming into the new year. Now you should start or you should be able now to start counting your days leading up to, uh, number one, the Pashat, and number two, to the Chakot Bazaar, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It is not according to the moon that lets you know whether or not we are in a new month or a new Shabbat or even when it comes to a Kodash, when it comes to the new month. New month does not mean new moon. Okay, a lot of people get that confused with the Jewish uh, teachings. Uh, the word Kodash comes from the root word Kadash. It means to reset or to refresh. So you're not refreshing the moon. Okay, the moon has its own cycle. We know it goes, uh, it, it may go full moon, half a moon, a quarter of a moon, okay? In that particular cycle, that lunar calendar only has 28 days. It may have 29 in some months, but it does not have 30. And that already should let you know that it could not be the moon that determines the days, the weeks, the Shabbats, um, the months, which we call Kodash. Uh, if you were to find out what is the name for the new moon, you would get to understand Strong's study with rabbis and Jews. And they believe, like all of the other Gentiles, in their heathenistic way, that whenever there was a new moon, then it started a new month. So a lot of people are falsely going around teaching that, that it is the particular moon. 
the book of Yubelim, which is the book of Jubilees, okay, Yahuwah is going to show us right here in his word of Jubilees because they were also found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, okay? That's for one, okay? This is the same, same timetable that the people of Quram kept, okay? They kept the timetable of the uh, of the priesthood, okay? So they kept it accurately. The Book of Jubilees, chapter 2, Verses 8 and 9. These four great works Elohim created on the third day. And on the fourth day, he created or he designated. Hallelujah. He created the sun and the moon and the stars and set them in the permanent of the Shamahim to give light upon all the earth and to rule over the day and night the darkness. Listen closely. Verse 9 says, In Elohim, appointed the Shamash. Shamash in the Hebrew means the sun, not the moon. Elohim appointed the sun to be a great sign on the earth for days and for Shavuot, that means for Sabbath, and for Kodashim. Wait a minute, that means the months. And for Chag, or Chagim, and for what? Appointed feast, or Moad, or for Moadim. Okay? For appointed times, for appointed seasons. It is the sun that does it. And for years. And for Shavuot, for Shabbat of years. And for Yabelim, which is Jubilees, and for all Moedim, all seasons of the years. So the moon, brothers and sisters, does not do it. It is the sun. When the sun comes up, we know, okay, here we are, start of a day. And when the sun goes down, oh, guess what? That's the end of today. Okay, the moon does not dictate whether we are in another day or not. Listen to verse 10. This is what else the sun does. And it divides the life of the darkness and for prosperity, that all things may prosper with shoot and grow on the earth. So the sun does that. The sun gives us vitamin D, the, the sun, hallelujah, is the, uh, is the power source that makes things grow, not the moon, okay? They said, you know, two or three or more pieces of, uh, you know, witnesses can establish a matter, right? Hallelujah. Yopelim, Jubilees, chapter 6. Follow me here. Let's go to verse 29. Jubilees, Yobelim, chapter 6, verse 29. And they placed them on the Shamahim, on the heavenly tablets, in weeks, 
okay? Each Moed or each season has 13 weeks. You do the math. 13 times 7 is what? It's 91. Hallelujah. There are three 30-day months and one Takufa. What is the Takufa? It's a day in which it takes to go from one uh, to one season to another. You can read that in the book of uh, Hanak or the book of Enoch. We're not going to go over that. Okay, it, 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 gets deeper. it gets deeper than that. Hallelujah. Okay, so please go and do the research. 13 weeks. 13 times 7 is 91. 91 times 4, because there are four seasons or four more deem in a year, 164 days. Yahweh are going to show us that later on in this chapter. Each have 13 weeks. And from one to another past the memorial, from the first to the second, from the second to the third, from the third to the fourth. And all the days of the commandment will be 52 weeks of days. And these will make the entire Shana, or year, complete. Thus, it is engraved and ordained on the heavenly tablets. And there's no neglecting this commandment for a single year, or from year to year. So for those of you who believe there's a 13th month, like the Jewish people think there's a dar too, so we're going to add 13, we're going to add 30 more days. They're doing nothing but following the uh, the cycle of the moon because it happens every four years. An additional 30 days is added so that they can go ahead and reset it. You can't do that to Yahuwah's creation. He's done things for a reason. Listen, verse 32. So we're to keep 364 days in a year. Verse 32. And, com- and you command the children of Yashariel, this is Yahuwah talking to Masha or Moses. That they observe the years according to this reckoning, 364 days. And these will constitute a complete year. And they will not disturb his time from his days and from his moedim, from his feast, or from his appointed time. For everything will fall out in them according to their testimony and they will not leave any day nor disturb any checking or any feast, any feast days. Everything will fall into place if you keep Yahuwah's timetable. Verse 33. But if they do neglect and do not observe them according to his commandment, then they will disturb all the Moedim, and the years will be dislodged from this order, and they will disturb the seasons, and the years will be dislodged, and they will neglect their ordinances. They're going to neglect the appointed feast if they don't do it correctly according to what I told them to do. Verse 34, 
and all the children of Yahshua will forget and will not find the path of the years and forget the new months. That's the new month and the Moedim, which is the appointed times. They're going to forget them. And the Shavuot, and they will go wrong as to all the order of the years. For I know, and from henceforth will I declare it unto you, and it is not of my own devising. For the Sephir, the book, lies written before me, and on the heavenly tablets the division of days is ordained. Listen, unless they forget the Feast of the Covenant and walk according to the Feast of the Gentiles after their era and after their ignorance. Let's read it again. The book lies written before me, and on the heavenly tablets the division of days is ordained, unless they forget the Feast of the Covenant and walk according to the Feast of the Gentiles after their era and after their ignorance. Now, for those of you who are keeping the Jewish way, you are keeping the customs of the European Jew, I'm sorry, those are the customs of the heathens or of the Gentiles. And this is why a lot of people are in error. And a lot of people want to argue with you because you're not keeping it the way that they are keeping it. No, let's go according to his word and let's look at Yahuwah's creation and let's see when things start and end. People don't want to do that, and they want to stay according to their ways, okay? That is how you do it. That person have not came to the full understanding or the realization of what Yahuwah is commanding us to do, okay? So please don't argue with them. It states it right here in the Word. Listen to verse 36. This will completely let you know that the moon cannot determine anything. For, for there will be those who will assuredly make observations of the moon, how it disturbs the seasons, and come in from Shana to Shana, from year to year, ten days too soon. Okay, Brother Abelia, what does that mean? This means that the lunar timetable has 354 days in it. Brothers and sisters, it's not saying that the moon does not have its own timetable. Of course it does. But you're not to keep it for days or for weeks or for more things or for new months. The moon does not determine it. Why? Because it has three hundred and it has three hundred and fifty four days in it. It starts its new year ten days too soon. That's why every four years the Jesuits designed for you for the Gregorian calendar, that's why they have leap years or years. Come on, people, do the research. So Yahuwah teaches us right here we're not to keep the particular devices 
of the heathens or of the Gentiles because they're going to throw you off because they don't understand how Yahweh's timetable operates and just how important it is when it comes to the Moadim. So you have a lot of people who want to argue and wants to complain about when it's the new year, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to argue with them. You have the scriptures to prove when you are to keep it. Okay? And I feel that there should be enough elders in the community. Let's sit down and let's discuss these things. But the pride of the of the elders do not want to come together. And that's why a lot of Gentiles or people from other nations do not want to come into the nation of Yasharia because we cannot even come together even to have a meeting to discuss these matters. So I just gave you a brief lesson there just so that you could see it and understand, oh, okay, this is what uh, brother is talking about. So here you have it. Okay? Hallelujah. So for more questions or concerns, you can always email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and I would love to answer your question. Jubilees Chapter 2 and Jubilees Chapter 6, which are legitimate scriptures, which are legitimate pieces of work from Yahuwah. This was, uh, Book of Jubilees was written by Masha that wasn't included in your Holy Bible. It explains clearly that the sun dictates the days, the weeks, the Shabbat, the appointed feast, the months, the seasons, not the moon. Okay? Brief review, if we can, pertaining to what we have talked about so far. Who are the Gentiles? When you talk about Caucasians or Caucasians, number one, they came from the Caucasus Mountains. They were mixed with Asians. They lived up in Russia. When you talk about the Ashkenazi or the Ashkenaz, please read Barashit. Read uh, Genesis chapter 10. It tells you what nations came out of Sham, Ham, and Yafet. Barashit chapter 10, verse 1. Now, these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Sham, Ham, and Yafet. And unto them were the sons born after the flood. The sons of Yafet were Gomar, and Gamag, and Madi, and Yavan, and Tubal, and Meshesh and Tares. And the sons of Gomar, listen, Ashkenaz, it tells you right there, are the Ashkenaz or Ashkenazis. Ashkenaz in the Hebrew means a man that is sprinkled, fire as scattered. Okay, that's what that means right there. Okay, a lot of people do not get that particular uh, definition. So the Ashkenaz are people who are scattered. 
says it right there, a man as sprinkle, fire as scatter. Okay, they came from the Russian area. When you talk about the Khazarians, read the 13th tribe. They're the ones that adopted Judaism as their religion. Not the particular teachings of Yahusha Tamidim. They are not the original Yahudim. They call themselves Jews or Jewish. They came up with that name for themselves. Okay? So for those who came from the tribe of Yahudah or from Judah, you are a Yahudai. You are not Jewish. That is a term that the Europeans came up with. The letter J is European. It comes from the, the French. The W came from the Germans. Okay? Just to bring clarity. Okay, let's go over the particular countries once again. A lot of people were very excited that we went over this so people could know who were uh, the, you know, who are the Gentiles. It tells you in verse 5, now these were the the out the habited spots of the Gentiles or the Goyim or the heathen divided in their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. Okay? So these were people who did not have melanin, these were individuals uh, you know, who lived up north, around in the Caucasus Mountains you know, in places that we call, you know, Europe today. These are the Gentiles. When you talk about Yugoslavia and the Czechs and the uh, the Slavics, okay, they came from up north. It's very crystal clear. It's right here in the Word. The uh, Bohemians and the Bulgarians and the Russians, they were considered to be from Magog. The Croatians, you know, the Croatians, those from Poland, which they were called the Poles, they were from Magog. Those from Greece, the Romans, the French, the Italians, the Spanish, the Portuguese, they come from the bloodline of Yavan, or people call it Javan. Those are also considered to be the Gentiles. So how could the Ashkenazis claim to be Shemitic when their bloodline, it clearly tells us they are from Japheth or Yafat. They're not from Sham. They're not even from Ham. Of course, Ham deals with the dark-skinned race. Or the dark race. When you talk about Ham, you're talking about people from Assyria. Or, you know, Assyria or Syria. Or even, we say, Misraheem. Misraheem is Egypt or Egyptian. 
You read that in Barashit, chapter number 10, and you'll read about Mizraim in verse 6. And the sons of Ham, Cush, Cush means Ethiopia. That's that territory. And Mizraim, Mizraim is Egypt. And Put, that's the Persians. And the Canaanites, the Can, you know, and Canaan, the Canaanites. These people were considered to be, as the Greeks would call it, the Phocians, the ones who traveled the seas. Okay, please do the research. Okay, so Yafet work and ultimately will be called to dwell in the tents of Sham. Hallelujah. So it says that the Gentiles will be dwelling with the people of Sham. That's going to happen. And that's the only way that they're going to be considered to be quote-unquote Shemitic. But when it comes to the bloodlines, they are indeed Yafat. Or Japheth, it says it right there. It's crystal clear. It's in Genesis chapter 10. You can show people this. If they deny that, then we we all know something is wrong with that picture. All right. We have to understand that when the Gentiles walk with us, these particular individuals who are coming in, we cannot vex them. We cannot dis, uh, discourage them. We are to embrace them as one of our own. As long as they, number one, as long as they come to the terms of the conditions with the culture and the heritage of righteousness, which is through Yahweh and Yahweh only, understanding and believing in Yahusha HaMashiach, having received the Ruach HaKodesh, the set-apart spirit, keeping Torah, the commandments and the teachings of Yahweh, they are our brothers and our sisters. You cannot deny them that right because Yahusha gives them the right to come into the nation of Yahshariel. Besides, Yahuwah only came for the nation of Yahshariel. Please read the book of Mediahu or the book of Matthew when he says, I am only come for the lost sheep of the house of Yahshariel. So he did not come, quote, unquote, for the world to be saved. Because we all know it's not going to happen. Christians teach you that, oh, yeah, um, the, the world is going to be saved. Jesus saved the world. That's what it says in John 3.16. That's not what it states. It says, so it says, for Elohim so loved the cosmos. It means he loved his harmonious creation. He loved his plan of salvation so much that he gave us only begotten so, so things can be perfectly executed and returned back to him through his son. And you can read this all in, you know, in Yasha Yahu, in the book of Isaiah. So we read in Uyakra, the book of Numbers, I'm sorry, the book of Leviticus, Uyakra Leviticus. Chapter 19, verse 33. For if a stranger sojourns with you in your land, 
you shall not vex him. Wait a minute. We didn't read in the English. What, what stranger? Let's get some clarity. The Hebrew word in this text is the girl, the one who sojourns with you, the one who walks with you, who is also in the wilderness or in the um, by Midbar or the Midbar. They are in the Midbar with you. They are walking with you in the name of Yahweh. They're keeping Torah. If that person who has the Ruach HaKadosh sojourns with you in your land, you shall not vex him. Yahweh did not just come up with the Gentiles entering into the nation of Yahshua. He'd been saying it all along. He was even saying it in Torah. Okay? Read verse 34 of Leviticus, chapter 19. But the what? The stranger, the one who's going to walk with you, that dwells with you, shall be unto you as one born among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you are strangers in the land of Mizraim. I am Yahuwah, your supreme Elohim. It shows you right there. The stranger that dwells with you shall be unto you as one born among you. So you have to treat that particular uh, Gentile or that particular stranger who's walking with you as one who is born in the land. Like they are also descendants of Abraham, Yaisen and Yacoub. Let's look at it. Let's look at the book of, this is a good one. Let's look at Colossians. Book. Is it Colossians that I want to go to? I want to look at Galatians. Please forgive me. Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at verses 26 through 29. For you are all the children of Elohim by Amunia, by absolute belief, in Mashiach, Yahusha. So what brings you into the culture of righteousness? Are you keeping Torah or your belief, your absolute belief? Once you absolutely believe in Yahweh and Yahusha, then you receive the Ruach HaKadosh to set up our spirit, then Torah will be taught to you, of course, by the letter, and its spiritual intent, which is the milk and the meat of Torah. You'll be able to keep it. You'll be able to love keeping the Shabbat, the appointed feast, his teachings, and his commandments. Why? Because of your absolute belief. It will activate your actions. Your faith does that, or your belief. It displays who you are. We, remember we talked about the word love or the heart, the mindset. The mindset would never disappoint. The book of Proverbs says this, for as water, when a face reflects in the water, you're going to get that. You're going to get the face. But the heart reflects 
The heart of a man reflects who the man is. Okay? So to your mindset or your heart, it would never lie on you. It's going to display exactly who you are. So Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, for you are all children of Elohim by absolute belief in Mashiach, Yahusha. For as many of you have, as have been immersed into Mashiach have put on Mashiach. There is neither Yahudai nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For we are all one in Mashiach, Yahusha. And if you be Mashiach, then you are then Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Even if you are a Gentile, you could still be Abraham's seed because Abraham is going to be the father of his name. What does Abraham mean? Father of all nations. Hmm. And heirs according to the promise. You become inheritors of the promise that Yahuwah gave to Abraham and his seed after him. So if you're not born in the bloodline, oh, well, wait a minute, you're not, you're from Japheth, you're one of those Europeans, you could still be, hallelujah, because of Yahushua Mashiach, you are still Abraham's seed regardless because of the same belief that Abraham has. Okay. Let's read this. Oh, this brings clarity. I, I, and I love this. I, I love this verse right here. Let's go to Romeo. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Okay, this is not in my notes. This, this has just came to me. And the Ruach. Let's read Romans chapter 4. Let's break this down, and then we'll wrap up today's lesson. Hallelujah. I don't know where Yahweh is taking me right here, but let's flow with this. Romans chapter 4. I don't like to really nitpick. Go to Romans chapter 3. Just for one moment. I just want to read this, and then we'll, we'll continue to go forward. Romans 3, verse 21. Then I go into Romans chapter 4, whatever I don't complete today. We'll do it first thing tomorrow morning. I want to bring clarity to the listeners or to the ones uh, who are new and, and coming in. This is the clarity of absolute belief. Listen. But now the righteousness, I'm in Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of Elohim without Torah is manifested, though being witnessed by the Torah and the prophet. Hold it. Wait a minute. This, this sounds very confusing here. Let's go to verse 20. And I'm going to bring clarity to you 
because there's something that the translators did. This is why you got to be careful with the King James Version and with uh, translators of different mindsets of different cultures because they're trying to make sense of it, and maybe they did it innocently, or maybe they didn't. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 says, Therefore by the deeds of Torah there should no flesh be justified in his sight. For by Torah is the knowledge of sin. Number one, you read here that without instructions and teachings of Yahweh, how could you know what sin is? Okay. Let's break this down. Therefore, by the what? The deeds or the doings, the labor or the work of Torah, Okay, I'm breaking this down. Uh, the Dyer's Concordance takes us to G2041. If you want to look that up according to the uh, Strong's Concordance, the Greek word there is ergon. It means the employment or some, someone that is occupied, an act or a deed that is done, the idea of working. The emphasis of the work. The product that is accomplished by hand or mind. Therefore, by the deeds of nomos, there should no flesh be justified in his sight. It's letting us know just because you're keeping the letter of the law, it does not mean that you are justified in his sight. That's what that means. For by what? Hanomos, by the Torah, that is the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh, is the knowledge of sin. So you can see how that was added in. You see nomos and honomos. Okay? So that's how we know. So the Torah of Yahweh, the teachings and the instructions, lets us know what sin is. So how do you know if a person sins if you say that the law is done away with? How would you know then? Because Torah lets you know what sin is. Without, without the Torah, everyone can sin and still go to Shamahim, as they teach you in Christianity. That is not the case. You cannot be justified based on works of Torah. Listen to verse 21. But now the righteousness of Elohim without the rituals is, is manifested, being witnessed by the Torah and the writings of the Nebaim by the prophets. Did you get that? The righteousness of Elohim, about the rituals, about the sacrifices, is manifest. Why? Because Yahusha became the sacrifice. He replaced 
all those rituals of the high priest. Here it is here. Everything that was witnessed, how? By the Torah, by the teachings and the instructions. I see the word hanomos. So everything Yahuwah had given to Masha to give to the children of Yahshari as far as the high priest, the sacrifices, and the, and the steps needed for the nation to go through its salvation, it has been manifested. Something that has already been what witnessed or written by the Torah and the writings of the prophets, what they prophesied. Yahusha completed it. Listen, verse 22, even the righteousness of Elohim, which is by belief of Yahusha HaMashiach, unto all and upon all them that believe. But there is no difference. Hold it. What about just Judah? What about just the 12 tribes? What about Benjamin? What about the Levitical priesthood? Wait a minute. What about those tribes? It says the righteousness of Elohim, which is by absolute belief of Yahusha HaMashiach unto all. I see the Greek word pas, which means every or all or the whole or everyone. And upon everyone that believes. But there is no difference. For all have sinned and feel short of the esteem of Elohim. Being justified freely by his mercy through the redemption that is in Mashiach, Yahusha. It was prophesied through Yahshua, Yahu, or through Isaiah. Verse 25. Listen closely. Whom Elohim has sent forth, hold it. Wait a minute, I thought Jesus was God. Or I thought Yahusha was Yahuwah in the flesh. So how could Yahuwah send himself? Or, or maybe maybe Yahuwah turned into Yahusha and jumped into that jumpsuit called flesh, right? And then he came down. And then he was just walking the earth as Yahusha. Yahweh did not reign the heavens. And then when he went back, after he had died and was buried and resurrected, then he became Yahweh again. So you can see how some of the Nazarene teachers are still holding on to that lie that Yahusha, it was Yahuwah in the flesh. That is an absolute lie. Because it tells you right here, being justified freely by his mercy through the redemption that is in Mashiach, Yahusha. He was chosen by Yahuwah to do it. Verse 25. Whom Elohim has sent forth to be a proporation. That means to be an atonement. Through belief. Through absolute belief. In his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Stop letting Christian pastors tell you that Jesus died for your past, present, and future sins. That is nothing but a lie. It shows you specifically right here 
that Elohim, Yahweh, sent Yahusha to be an atonement through absolute belief. We got to have the same belief Abraham had in his blood. Abraham believed in the same thing. Read chapter 15. That was accounted unto him for righteousness. Not him keeping Torah, but his absolute belief in Yahweh and in Yahusha. Same thing we need to have. That's how we become children of Abraham, because we have the same belief. What what do you believe Yahusha was talking to the Pharisees about? You're, you're, you're none of Abraham's children, because they did not have the same amunia. They didn't have the same absolute belief. Righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. The blood of Yahusha only atones for the remission of your sins that are past. Well, I'm going to go ahead and sin right quick, and I'll go ahead and let the blood of Yahusha cover me for tomorrow because I know I'm going to sin. That's not what that is about. For the remission of sins that are past. Through the forbearance of Elohim, to be clear, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be righteous or just, and the justifier of him which believes in Yahusha. Where is posting then? It's excluded. By what Torah of works? No, but by the what? The Torah of amelia, of absolute belief. So the works of Torah alone does not save you, brothers and sisters. I can't shave my beard. I, I got to let my hair grow. I got to wear fringes. I got to wear these hair wraps because the works, that's going to justify me. Absolute belief. Listen to verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by absolute belief without the deeds of Torah. Hold it. Wait a minute. Now, we, why are we still keeping the Shabbat then? Why are we still keeping the appointed feast? It's not saying honomos. Okay, honomos means the royal commandments and teachings of Yahweh. It just say nomos. When it says that, you're talking about customs, traditions, uh, people doing the Jewish cedar meal, right? Oh, we got to cook the lamb. You know, we we gotta we gotta do about fire before you know the Shabbat comes. We got that's not gonna justify you. He says we conclude that a man is justified by absolute belief without the deeds of rituals. Let's see if this is clear. Oh, it's breaking up a little bit. It seems like. Let me try this. One, two. Okay. Let's say if this is clear now. Okay. It, it sounds pretty clear. All right. Here's the question. Is he the Elohim of the Yahudim only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes. Of the Gentiles also. 
seeing it is one Elohim which shall justify the circumcision by absolute belief. Those were the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are justified by belief because of who their father is, who is Abraham, by bloodline. And the uncircumcision, the Gentiles, which are able to come in through absolute belief. Do we then make void Hanomos or the Torah of Yahweh through belief? Elohim forbid. Yea, we establish Hanomos. Paul or Shaul was talking about the nation, how Torah was established through them. You get it? So it was established through Abraham. You can go back to Barashit, go to Genesis, when Yahuwah spoke to Isaac and told him, I have brought to you because of your father Abraham. For he had kept, he had obeyed my voice and kept my commandments, my judgments, and my ordinances. So through the belief that Abraham had, he was given Torah. He was given instructions on how to continue to walk in righteousness. He was already accounted for righteousness because of his absolute belief. But through Torah, through the teachings and the instructions, it taught him how to continue to walk in righteousness. Brothers and sisters, the same thing goes for us. You are brought in through your absolute belief and now you must display it through the actions of Torah, understanding not only the physical intent, brothers and sisters, but its spiritual intent. That's what people forget. People forget the spiritual motives. What's more important? We just got through reading it. Is it your acts or is it your belief? Let's read it in Romans chapter 4. Do, by you keeping Shabbat, by you, uh, you know, by you keeping the Moedim, does that justify you? Or is it your spiritual intent? Is it the why? Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because the Bible tells you so? Or are you doing it because the Ruach HaKodesh told you to and do it with love and do it with happiness and gladness? And shalom. Let's read Romans chapter 4. What shall we say then? That Abraham our Ab, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, have found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he had whereof to extinct, but not before Elohim. Do y'all read that? If Abraham was justified by his works, that would not have pleased Elohim only. Are y'all getting this, brothers and sisters? Verse 3. For what says the scriptures? Abraham believed Elohim. You see that? And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Let's see how it was accounted for. 
Was it Abraham's works because he kept the Shabbat and because he, or was it because of his belief? Let's read it. By the sheet, Genesis chapter 15. I got two verses to show you. Make that three. Verses four, five, and six. And behold, the word of Yahweh came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own loins shall be your heir. He's going to be the heir parent. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward Shamayim, and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall your seed be. Question, why is it that Yahuwah telling Abraham to count the stars or to calculate the stars or to connect the stars together for the constellations? And he says, so shall your seed be. It's singular. There's millions of stars out there, right? So why did he say, so shall your seed be? Yahuwah was showing Abraham the story of Yahusha in the heavenly scrolls. Brothers and sisters, I'm not telling you to believe in astrology. That's not what I'm saying. That Abraham did. He didn't say, okay, since he's a cancer or he's a Scorpio, he's talking about astronomy. He's showing him through the constellations the story of Yahusha. Read it. Verse 6, and he believed in Yahweh. Yahweh was able to preach to him through the constellations, and it was counted to him for righteousness. You see that? So it wasn't the works that Abraham did, but because of his belief. You read it right there. He believed him. He believed that his seed is going to be Hamashiach. He's going to be the anointed one to save not only Abraham's children, but all nations. We read that for the past few weeks, how all nations are going to come into the nation of Yashariel through Yahusha, and they will receive the inheritance that Yahuwah gave unto Abraham in his seed. The Gentiles can receive the same thing. Hallelujah. Not because they got to change their name to a Hebrew name. The Ruach HaKadosh would deal with that later. It's all about the circumcision of the heart, the cleansing of the heart, having the love of the mindset replaced, taking out the heart of stone out and putting in the heart of flesh, being able now to be teachable. Hallelujah. By the Ruach HaKadosh, and you having the yearning and the desire to walk in the righteousness of Elohim. Not because of works only. What do you think the book of James was talking about? Faith about works. It's saying your absolute belief is going to be justified by your works. They must go together. There's no way you could tell me you belong to Yahweh and not keep the commandments of Yahweh. You will be a double-minded person or it will be contradictive. So we keep Torah. 
We keep the appointed feast because we love him and we understand the spiritual tent. We believe that we're waiting for the master of the Shabbat to come to Miriam. We're talking about Yahusha. So you can read here, Abraham was not justified by his works, but by his immunia, his absolute belief. That's why the book of Habakkuk says what? The righteous shall what? Shall walk by what? By belief and not by sight. It's the absolute belief. You you very confident, 100% sure as to who Yahuwah is. You are 100% sure as to who Yahusha is. You understand why Masha did what he did. You understand the high priest. You understand the Melchizedek priesthood. You understand what the Levites had to do. You understood why David had to be the beloved one. That's what David or David means. Beloved. And how he was the physical example for the king to come. Hallelujah. This is how thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This is how it's done. Through his chosen seed. Read the book of Chronicles. When Yahuwah tells Daud, your son will become my son. He will be my son, and I will be his Ab. I will be his father. He's going to be David's son first. Then he's going to become Yahuwah's son. So there's no way that Yahuwah could be Yahusha because he's taking David's son and made him his own son. Remember at the Jordan River, this is my son of whom I am well pleased. He chose Yahusha at that point. This is my son. He completed the instructions that was told in Tahalim in the book of Psalms. Here's my son. Here is my, uh-oh, my beloved son. He wasn't calling Yahusha. Oh, this is King David again. This is my beloved son. This is Daoud. David was the representation of the kingdom to come. That's why he promised David through his seed there will be an everlasting kingdom through his children. And that's how Yahusha was able to be the eternal king. So you can see the pattern. Yahuwah speaks something, then a physical action takes place. Then the spiritual manifestation. And that's what happened. And because of Yahusha, not only would the 12 tribes of Yashariel, when they believe in Yahusha and Yahuwah, when they come back, but also the Gentiles of all nations, a remnant will come in. No, they're not going to wear locks and let their beard grow. And Okay, they want to keep the letter. That's perfectly fine because that is the milk of Torah. But they understand, more importantly, the meat of Torah. Why are we doing this? Hallelujah. So you're not just uh, taking in the physical customs but more so the spiritual, supernatural customs 
of righteousness, which only belongs to Yahuwah. That's why we are the same. It doesn't matter what skin complexion you are. It's not about racism. It's not about race. It is about righteousness. Whose righteousness? Your self-righteousness or the righteousness of Yahweh? What do you decide? Do you serve the enemy or do you serve Yahweh? Who sits on the throne of your heart? Whose blood is upon your heart? Will you become the lamb for Yahweh? This is why Yahuwah not only is he using the children of Yahudah, but he's also using children from all nations to get things accomplished. He can do that. Hallelujah. So tomorrow at 12 noon, we'll go over Romans chapter 4. I just wanted to break that down. Hallelujah. Much ahaba. To all of my sisters, much ahab to my brothers. Stay encouraged. I don't care what kind of virus or whatever is going on. You know, we have to be concerned about our spirit. We have to be concerned about our soul. That is more important. My zeal and my prayer is that the nation of Yahshariah, and I'm talking about not only those who are homeborn, but I'm talking about those who sojourn with us, those Gentiles who have been grafted in. We have to treat them as one of our own. I embrace them too. My zeal of my prayer is that the nation of Yahshariah, that we all might be saved. That'll do it for me. Tune in tomorrow at 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. We will continue part 11 of the stranger in the sojourner. This is the strange fruit instruction. I say unto one and say unto all, Shalom and Shabbat Shalom. Rosh Hashanah, enjoy your new year. Hallelujah. And we will continue on tomorrow. All right, everyone. For those of you who are keeping your Shabbat traditionally, enjoy your Shabbat in Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.